0: Father, I love you, Lord, and I thank you for this time that we get to be in your house, that we get to meet together as a church family, um, Lord, and I pray that your spirit would just move through this room. God, I pray that, um, that you would show us something that, that we can use to apply to our lives as we dive in here. Lord, we thank you for, uh, um, for the healing that we've seen um, for Pastor Ed, and I pray that you would just continue to heal him. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd bring him back to full strength, um, and uh, Lord, we, we need him back uh, soon. So I pray, that, uh, I pray that you would just move uh, as you do. Um, we're so thankful to, uh, to have him. Um, now, God, as we do look into your word, Lord, um, again, I pray that your spirit would move, Lord. If there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, God, I pray that today might be the day that they make that decision. Um, Lord, so speak to us and show us something today. In your name we pray. Amen. So let me ask you this question. How would you react if all of the power went out. Now I know that we've had like a couple power issues in here since we moved down here. That happened a couple of times and we figured it out, but that's not what I'm talking. I'm talking like an EMP, right? Everything goes out. Everything on the planet. Everything everywhere. Not just my phone doesn't work, but like everything's dead. Stone age. Everything. How would you react to that? How would I react to that? How would you personally react to all of the power going out. Because we live in a, in a world that is very dependent on power. Um, we are so dependent on power, and we really have a generation as well growing up that um, not only are we dependent on power, we don't even know what it's like to not have a cell phone. Literally a cell phone is unfathomable, like what do we do without that? Um, there is an entire group of people, however, that I would say, we don't even realize that we see all the time that have no idea what it's really like to be connected and have the kind of power that matters, and that's the power of God. The power of God is the kind of power that we really need to be more dependent on. We are incredibly dependent on it, we just don't realize it, and we take it for granted. And so I want to talk about the power of God today, and, and I hope that it, in, in many ways it begins Begins something inside of you that can spread to those around you, um, because we get into this pursuit of power when it doesn't exist. Do you ever notice that the power goes out, all of a sudden you drop everything because this is the number one priority. The power is out. I remember the inter- just the internet went out um, at my house, and all we do is online streaming. We just do like Hulu and Netflix and all that, and the internet's out, and it's like I don't care what's going on. I don't care if we need to eat. I don't care what's happening. I need to get the internet fixed. Right, and like, we get like that. Um, And because we are so uh, conditioned and we're so dependent on it, and we begin this pursuit of power. And I would say that we need to have the same kind of pursuit of power for the power of God. And we do when the wheels fall off sometimes in our life, all of a sudden now we are pursuing the power of God, but are we really relying on it on a day-to-day basis? Because the light of God, and the power of God is represented by light many times throughout scripture, but the light of God is what we need to fulfill the mission that God has called us to do as Connect Church. We are not, we have seen very clearly that we are not going to be able to do this on our own, that we have to have the power of God to be able to move forward. And luckily, thankfully, we have seen that, but we are so dependent on power. And I hope that we can maybe have a new perspective on that today. I remember when we went to Ireland in 2016. Um, some of you here, I think, were part of that trip, and some of you uh, remember this. But the last day that we were there, um, we were going to Dublin the next day for a little sightseeing, and so this was the last night. And uh, all the all the students' phones, I had, um, I had them with me. They didn't have, they didn't really need them because we didn't have much of a signal. We were an hour north of Dublin, so it was, you know, you couldn't really get much of anything there anyway, um, but all of the guys, we were staying in this building. Lauren, could you put that picture up for me? So this was the building we were staying in, and the door that's, what? Your face. Um, the door that, that's right there was, go to the next one for me, since my face is distracting apparently. So the next one here, um, the door that's down there is the apartment that, uh that, I was kind of in and everybody else was up above. I didn't ask for this, by the way. They offered that to me because I was the camp speaker and they thought I would want some time alone to be able to prepare. And and it was nice, to be honest. Um, But as you can see, this building is literally older than the United States of America. uh, And I'm not exaggerating. The camp itself was, was, I think, built in like 1400 or something. Something nuts. Um, And so... I was down there and all of, the, uh, all of the guys, the adult leaders and all of the guys' students that were a part of the camp, not only our students but those from Ireland, were staying up above and all the students asked me, Jay, we're going to Dublin tomorrow, can you charge our phones? Sure. Well, power over there is different than here. And if you don't have the right adapters, um, you can fry stuff. Now, hold on, I didn't fry all their phones, let me just stop, alright, I didn't do that. Right, but, Here's here's what did happen. I plug in all their phones. Apparently, I didn't have the right kind of adapter. I had a power strip. Thankfully, I fried the power strip, and uh, it starts smoking. And I throw the whole power in the entire building, the entire building. Right. It's like 11:30 at night. Everything's toast. You know, and you hear everybody above. Ah, oh, come on. You know, and all of those things. I was scared of Mike dean at that moment. Um, for those of you that know him, um, but. Uh, it, it was it was crazy, because we are so dependent on power, and of course, everybody's first, first thing that they're thinking is, I'm not going to have my phone, and all of that stuff, um, and there wasn't a whole lot of power at that camp to begin with, just because, I mean, look at it, but we didn't have power for the whole rest of the night, and the next day when, um, is when the power came on, because it wasn't a fuse box that you could just go like flip the switch, oh, we threw breaker 18, no, the breaker thing was like the size of my shoe. I've never seen a breaker like this. It needed like taken out and replaced and we had to wait for some guy to come and replace it the next day. It was really strange at least to me because I'd never seen anything like that. But it's funny because nobody was really too worried about it because we had gotten used to not having our phones. We got used to not having as much power and it wasn't that big of a deal. And the power did come back on the next morning. Everybody's phones got charged, and we were fine. I did have to throw that power strip away, but, um, but it was fine. But we don't really know life without cell phones, and, and we don't really understand what that's like. But the power of God, I would submit to you, is something that falls into the same category in some ways because we get content in the darkness. And the good news is that we don't really have to be. The good news of today is that standing in the light of God is so much better than darkness. And we can easily evangelize someone into getting a cell phone. We can easily do that. We can sit and talk to somebody, dude, you don't have a phone, let me tell you why. Because we know all of the benefits. We know all the be- because we use it all the time. So we know all the benefits of having a cell phone, but how often do we maybe tell somebody about the power of God and about having a relationship with God And maybe the reason we don't is because we don't quite get all the benefits. Maybe because we're not using it enough. Maybe because we get content. If you have your Bibles, you could turn to uh, Luke chapter nine. And if you have the Bible app, uh, you can definitely follow along with me there. But uh, before we read this, I want to give you a little backstory and a little bit at the beginning of this chapter, tell you sort of where where we are when we get into this portion of the story. So Jesus has sent uh, his disciples at the beginning of this, um, of this chapter. He sends his disciples out two by two uh, to evangelize and to, uh, and to reach people and to heal people. And he sends them out and he gives them some very specific instructions. And he says this, take nothing with you. Don't take anything with you. No food, no extra clothes, no money. Just trust God that you're gonna be fine. Trust God that I'm gonna take care of you and that I'm gonna provide for you because I'm sending you out. And the light of God showed them the way, right? Provided the way, and great things happened. But how easily we forget. When God does things, we forget. So they go out, they went out, they preached, they healed, people's lives were changed, and so they come back to Jesus. And they come back after this little trip away, and Jesus takes them, and and he wants to slip away with just with just them, and have some time with them, but as always happens throughout scripture, wherever Jesus goes, crowds follow. And so crowds follow, and so Jesus teaches anyway. And he says, okay, I'm gonna teach. Well, we come to a place in the teaching and in in the time where more or less they're gonna take a break. And that's where we pick up the story here at verse 12. And so the disciples come to him, and it says this. Late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to him came to Jesus and said, send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There's nothing to eat here in this remote place. But Jesus said to them, you feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered, or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? There were about 5,000 men there. Now, biblically speaking, 5,000 men, actually, it was more like probably 10 to 12 because of women and children were there and only men were counted um, in, in writings back in these days. So uh, let's pick this up here. Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups of about 50 each. So the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, which we find out in the book of John that come from, uh, from a boy because the story is told over there as well, come from a small boy who, who offered this up. Jesus took the five loaves, two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. And they all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Now, I'm sure you've heard this story, or at least a version of this story. And uh, I remember hearing it all the way back in Sunday school and and all of that, but I hope to maybe bring a different perspective to this story, and I want to start with this. With this first point is that sometimes we need to be broken first. And that's your fill-in, broken first. So what am I getting at with this? Well, the feeding of the 5,000 here, Jesus first broke the bread, and as he broke it, he passed it out, and by the power of God, he met the needs of everyone that was there, and, and it even overflowed into 12 baskets, but it was broken first. And there's a lot of symbolism in this story, and there's some, some different things in there that I'm not going to get into necessarily all of those because I want to look at this applying to us individually. If we allow God to break us, our small offering can be multiplied by the Holy Spirit in ways that are beyond what we can imagine. Because sometimes we look at God breaking us as, as maybe a negative, and, and, it, and it might feel that way right at first. And, um, but God is able to take that, to take you broken, and multiply that in ways beyond what is presented to you. Because Jesus does always, he always does more than we ask, and always does more than we think. We don't always see it though, because we're not always looking at it from his perspective, we're looking, we're looking at it from our perspective. And a lot of times, his way of multiplying and blessing doesn't equate to maybe what we think it should be. But the disciples were broken down as well. Think about this, because They're his right-hand guys. You would think he would have used them maybe right at the beginning, and he sort of did, but he didn't. He had to get them out of their own way. Think about this. They had just come back from being out and reaching people and healing people, and they took nothing with them, and God still provided, and they did all sorts of amazing things, yet they come back here, and they're with God, right? They're with Jesus. And all of a sudden, Feeding these, these people, that seems like it's too much to handle right now. You're sitting with Jesus. And so Jesus uses an unlikely person, and they were the ones that distributed it. But it's not always about us. It's not always about us, because people don't need our human wisdom. They need the power of God's wisdom. The world doesn't need our skills. They need the power of God through our skills. We talked a little bit about that last week. People don't need our words. they need the power of God's word. And the world doesn't need us and our strength. they need the power of God. They need the power of God through us. And that's the next fill-in. It's the power of God through us. See, the disciples didn't tell all the hungry people there, "Hey man, just go use the dollar menu, right? You can go grab a McDouble. It's going to be fine. Um, go get a hotel. And, uh, and you know, maybe we'll see you tomorrow or whatever. Um, they weren't really sure what to do. Granted, they did sort of go to, they went to Jesus and said, what, what, are, what are we supposed to do here? But, but look at what they did first, actually. While, while maybe they didn't quite handle that exactly right, one thing that they did do exactly right is they went to Jesus first. They went to Jesus first. So when people come to you, and you're in tough situations, and you get tough questions, Do you just tell them, call the church office? Uh, Go go ask somebody else. I can't really help you. See, I think the reason that maybe we do that is because we don't think we have very much. We don't think we have very much to offer. But you have so much to offer that God wouldn't have put you in that position if he wasn't going to use you through that circumstance. Don't sell yourself short. God... All I got is wheat thins and a tin of sardines. What am I supposed to do here? This isn't nearly enough to do anything. When in fact, in the hands of God, it's more than enough. It's more than enough to do exactly what he wants to do. We need to get out of our own way. Sometimes we need to get out of our own way, especially if God has put us in a position to be used because Jesus will look at you and say, you feed him. You feed him. You just have to put what you have in his hands. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul talks about this exact thing. He says this, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ, for when I am weak, then I am strong. See, God says, look, even though based on your limited understanding and your limited resources, you put them in my hands, and you watch me take them, break them, and multiply. And you watch someone's life be touched in a meaningful and deep way. You watch the power of God spread just because you were willing to be obedient. But we get content in the darkness, and my next fill-in is, is that, don't be content in the darkness. The fill-in is content. See, if you didn't know what it was like to have electricity, you wouldn't really know what you're missing. If you didn't know what it was like to have power, you'd have no concept of how much better it is with it. You would be content in the darkness. But I want you to see this next point, which is why it's not a fill-in, I just want you to, to see it. And that's this, you can't control darkness, but you can control the light. Darkness flees when you expose it to light. See, I could have all the lights turned out in here right now, I'm not gonna do that, just so you know, but I can't control how much darkness fills the room. What we can control is how much light we allow in. See the difference? We need to help people find the power that they don't even know that they're missing by turning them to the good news of the light of God. How are people in your life going to know the difference if not through you? Because you were put in that spot and Jesus is saying you feed them. We need to use the power. That's your next fill-in. Use the power. It's simple and maybe obvious but But is it? We need to use it. So what does that look like? Well, we learn a couple of things from this passage about what that looks like. Going to Jesus first is a lot of what that looks like. Relying on him in those times of of unbelief and believing what the word of God says and immersing ourselves in the word of God so that we know what the word of God says. Prayer and fasting, obeying the Holy Spirit, See, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave that we get to celebrate here in a few weeks when Easter rolls around, that same power gives you the power when all hope seems lost. That same power gives you the power when you don't know what to say and you don't know what to do. And we step out on faith and we let him work and we put what we have in his hands. Do we really believe that? I do. At least I'm trying and I'm doing my best, and some days are better than others, but do we, do we really believe that? Because 12, get, 12 baskets were left. 12 baskets were left. 12 disciples were there. See, there was a lesson even in that. And yes, there is some symbolism with the, the 12 tribes of Israel and some other things as well, but here's the thing. You might think you're in over your head. You might think you can't handle wherever you are right now. But when you see what the Lord does because you were simply willing to trust him, because you were simply willing to obey, because you were willing to take whatever limited resources you have and put them in his hands, because you were willing to maybe just sit with someone and listen, because you were willing to pray with them, pray for them, you'll get back an entire basket for yourself. And that's not prosperity gospel, that's God. That entire basket for yourself is gonna look different depending on your your circumstance, but I can tell you from experience and from different times that God will, will come back and bless in ways that maybe you didn't see coming because there's always a lesson in that because we're never more like Jesus than when we're serving. And the best way to serve is to allow the power of God to work through us. I have a little homework for everybody this week, and that's to read the entire chapter of Ephesians 3 if you get get the chance. And I'm gonna start to wrap it up here by reading the end of Ephesians 3 because Paul is talking about this exact thing. And it's Paul's perspective, but all of this from prison. And he's writing about this from prison but I want you to listen how he finishes the chapter. And I don't have it on the screen intentionally because I want you to, and this might seem weird, but it's okay. I want you to just close your eyes and listen to me read this. And I want you to apply it to yourself. And I want these words to be literally just the word of God speaking to you wherever you're at right now. So if you would, just close your eyes and listen. For this reason, I kneel before the Father of the morning. <laughs> the darker the night, the brighter the light. The darker the night, the brighter the light. We live in a world gone dark, and the power of God in you is the light. In you. The church made the biggest impact in history during times where persecution was the worst. Maybe you're in a place of brokenness right now. Maybe you feel like you've been completely broken down. Maybe it's so that he can multiply and bless. That sounds like good news to me. Sounds like the kind of good news that this world needs. And and it sounds like something that can only be started by the church. It sounds like something that can really grow legs and run through you and me. That's part of the vision of Connect Church. See, Jesus used a young boy to teach us about his power to a world that was getting darker and darker by the minute. He could have used anything and he used that. Look around you, watch the news, watch your news feeds. Look at what's happening. You tell me that our world isn't getting darker and darker by the second because it is. Will you all stand with me and bow your heads? And before I pray, I just want to ask, are you maybe in a place where, where you're not sure what's going on and, and you haven't really used the power of God? Maybe you haven't tapped in to God in your life Maybe you, maybe you really didn't know. Maybe you aren't really sure what to do, but if you're willing to put whatever you have in his hands, I promise he'll take care of it. He might have to break some things first in order to multiply and bless, but will you trust him? Will you obey? Maybe you don't even have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe maybe you've heard about about God, and maybe you've heard this a hundred times, but today it makes sense. There is a God that loves you. He created you to be with him, and it's only our sin that separates us from him. And there's nothing we can do to be good enough. Our sins can't be removed by the good deeds that we do. And Jesus paid the price for our sins so that we could have life everlasting and everyone who trusts in him alone can have that eternal life, and that can start now and last forever. And if you want to know more about that, I would love to talk to you right down here immediately following the service. You can come down even now if you want, if you're feeling so led, and pray. And I know that there are people that would love to come down here and show you what God's word has to say about that. But I think there may be a second group in here that needs prayer about something. Do you maybe just need prayer about something, that you need someone to just put their arms around you and and show you the power of God. Let us pray for you and or with you if you need that today. Jesus, I love you, Lord, and I thank you, God, for this time that we've had. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your light. I thank you that you choose to use us and that you choose to, to let your power flow through us. And God, I pray that we would be obedient that we would be willing to place what we have in your hands. God, help us not to believe the lie that we have nothing to bring to the table, that we have nothing to offer, Lord, because we have you and we have everything. Lord, I pray if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, that they might make that decision today. And God, I know that there are people that are hurting in this room. I know that there are people that that need your light. And so, Lord, I pray that you would touch them. I pray that your, your spirit would just continue to move as we worship you. God, you are unstoppable. You are unstoppable, Lord. Help us to remember that. Help us to know that. Father, we love you and give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.